All right. Welcome back to Agency Journey. This is your host, Gray McKenzie. And this week, I've got the pleasure of bringing on Janet Mesh, who is the CEO and co-founder of Aimtel. And we will talk about what Aimtel is. Janet, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gray. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Excited to talk about the journey of Aimtel today. We got a lot to dig into. And this is going to be a super fun conversation. Um, can you tell us, like, give us the profile. You guys just celebrated five years at Aimtel. Um, walk us through kind of what, what does the agency look like? We are a integrated marketing agency, um, so we provide ser- like full services to clients. Um, but where we niche and focus is um, B2B technology companies. So a lot of our clients either have like a product or a platform um, that we're um, helping them market um, and build audiences and um, all that good stuff across um, strategy, um, growth marketing, design, um, creative and content. Um, so that's kind of on that full service nature. And yeah, we started in, uh, 2018. Uh, so a bit of around five years ago, which is really exciting. And now we're kind of looking forward to the next five years. <laughs> right. Um, so in terms of like, I do, I can kind of share a little bit of like high level origin story, if that makes Love sense. To. Kind yeah, of where we're, cool. Um, so my background is I've actually always worked in marketing. I went to school for marketing, degree in communications with a focus on marketing and cross-cultural communication. And I was lucky enough to actually like start my career at the last recession. Luckily, we seems like we're, we're, we're in a good place now. But uh, I was able to start my career in marketing with an IT staffing consulting firm. And they actually implemented like ERP systems, like PeopleSoft, Oracle, SAP. So like yeah. big legacy tools. But I honestly just loved the industry and like the people. And it was very much like as like, you know, the cloud migration adoption, um, like really kickstarting. And that was also kind of like in tandem with like digital marketing becoming like such a massive player for organizations. Like um, so in my role starting out of that organization, I was pretty much building out like what their digital marketing like plans where I also with events and working really closely with their sales team. Um, like I remember I would like sit with the sales team and like help them build up their LinkedIn and like really help them craft like how to like market and sell online. Um, so that um, they got acquired um, and it was just like a good time in my career that I wanted to uh, um, move on. And so I, instead of just jumping right into a new role, I actually took four months off and um, traveled with my um, then boyfriend, now husband to Chile for like a uh, few like four months and it was like what are what have i kind of like did a lot of that i would say like you know classic quarter life crisis and really reflecting on my career and like what i want to do and i was like i really want to be able to like work in digital marketing get like a lot of more experience but also be able to work remotely like my partner he was um an it developer architect at the time and he was able to work remotely and i'm like there it wasn't a thing like it's which is insane to think that you couldn't have both and i just was like couldn't accept that. I'm like, there's a, there must be a way that I can, you know, work in marketing and be able to like have that flexibility and work remotely. Like I work on a computer all day anyways. Um, anyway, so came back to Boston. That's where I'm, I'm based and just got like a ton of experience. I worked with uh, a couple of different agencies, really um, kind of went deep on like account management side, client services, um, kind of getting more experience, like kind of my niche was like social media content marketing, but trying to like expand out to like, you know, actual like campaign lead generation, paid advertising, paid media. Um, and from that, honestly, like kind of the journey, it was pretty organic where um, my co-founder David and I, we always wanted to start 
a business, like a remote business, but we didn't know like exactly like what the first business would be. And so I actually started having kind of my own clients, like consulting, moonlighting, freelancing. Um, and that just really started to take off, honestly, which is a great problem to have. Um, and I was like, kind of like at the point, like, I need help. And I think that maybe this could be like the the first business and do like service based um, company. So so that's what we did. We uh, decided to start Aimtel in 2018. Um, and so kind of just started from that moment, working with contractors to start um, people I just kind of knew in my own network. And then just scaling up as of today, we're a team of around, I think we're around 18 with like full time and then some, still have some contractors supporting kind of broad project based work. Um, and we're now across seven time zones. Uh, and yeah, I, I think kind of going back to like that visioning work, I was like, it has to be a reality. So I think I pretty much created the reality of like can really actually work in marketing and be able to work fully remote um, and build a fully remote company. So right. yeah, that's where we're at today. So it's amazing. <laughs> Lots to dig into, but uh, you, it's been it's been fun. <laughs> you uh, so you all have doubled your revenue and team size every year since 2018. Yeah. How does forecasting work now? So is that just the automatic uh, prediction for 2024? Say we're going to double again? That gets harder and harder. <laughs> obviously, I mean, can. I think I yes, I like I think it's always like that, like kind of pie in the sky goal. We don't have like we completely bootstrapped the agency. Like I don't have investors. We don't have we don't have any like anything that we've done is just for ourselves and putting profit back into the business. So I'm not kind of like beholden to like some overlord on kind of hitting certain like goals. It's just more of like what we want to make sure we're having like really like strong employee experience and really helping others. Like our missions like to help companies grow, but also help other like our team members grow in their careers. So a lot of what we just kind of in service to that, not kind of like I have to report to like a board, for example. Right. Um, so yes, I think if anything, it's like more of like our own ambition of wanting to be like, okay, we want to like double and we've been able to do that. Of course, with this year, like it's been a completely different year, like the start of 2023 um, did look very different and like a lot of it was slow to start. So, yeah. um, but we're actually like, I think we'll be on track to kind of, I would say like we're kind of at that point of like a little bit of like, we're in a good, like maintain a little bit of a lift, but then we'll be, we're setting things up now for next year to, to right. hit that goal again. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What? So why is there this passion for remote work? And the second piece that I want to dig into is like you, even on the site, as I was going through um, the latest version of your, of your site, um, you talk a lot about working remotely. There's a lot of mm -hmm. content. Like as I'm scrolling through the site, I'm like, um, there's good stuff about the services, but there's also a lot for prospective team members. Um, so where did where did the heart for like wanting to build a remote working team come from? And then um, kind of how do you see that? Like pre-pandemic, I'd imagine for you, just like for us, we started full. We went fully remote in 2014. Um, that was a huge recruiting edge for a while. Mm -hmm. And post-pandemic, uh, I still think there's a recruiting edge around, and I'm curious if this is your approach, like uh, remote first versus remote by accident or like remote intentionally versus, hey, we were mm -hmm. kind of forced into this. Um, but it's less of a, people can still check that box with a ton of different companies now. So maybe I'll let you take take a stab at both of those questions. Yeah. Um, I was So we've been remote since day one, like our name before. Like we always went in with the intention, like we're going to, 
build this to, like all processes, systems, the whole experience to be fully to have a fully remote team and working with clients fully remote as well. Uh, so they, that's you know we weren't like we're not like a pandemic remote company. I remember like actually like we get like in like 2019 and 2020 like and you probably experienced the same like people were reaching out like how do we do this? What do we do? So that was it was cool to kind of like consult on that stuff. Uh, but I think I'm, it sounds like so simple, but and it sounds like a cliche, honestly, but it just kind of goes back to like when I was um, traveling and was like, what do I really want? Like the trajectory of my career and like, what does that look like for like my career and my lifestyle? Like I'm a marketer. And if you know, marketers like we're obsessed with marketing, have like really deep passion for it. Um, but it like any kind of opportunity that I saw, like it just didn't kind of align with that, like lifestyle or like I just for me I just don't feel like I fit into this like nine to five box I mean now that I'm a founder the joke's on us like we work way more than eight hours like uh, I think number one if you I always say to people like if you want to start an agency or business like are you ready to commit to this for like 10 years and like you can't get out of it like like honestly um but I think you know what I love about remote work is I think there's a lot of things that I really enjoy about it's like I think it kind of just comes down to that. You said the word intention and we use that a lot too. It's like, you got to be really intentional about like how you're communicating, collaborating, like setting expectations, like your culture. Like it's just not, I think things can happen organically, but you really just actually have to like think of ways in a more like a systematized process driven way. And that's kind of like aligns to like our, our way of working and what we've always wanted to build. Um, I think it's honestly just makes it a bit more, I don't know if this is the right term, but I like, like what comes to mind is like more equitable in some ways, because I find if you're working in an office or if you're, you know, hybrid mode for companies, like a lot of the issues, it seems. And I even experienced this like being in-house working in an office like you, you know, you couldn't make that meeting or someone had like a drive by conversation. It wasn't documented somewhere. You didn't know what the update was. You're out of the loop. But we have to have a lot of more intention, um, setting expectations, communication, collaboration around a remote team um, and remote way of working. So I just feel like it lends itself that everyone kind of has like a level as much of a level playing field as it, you can provide. It's also just really like I'm a big traveler. I love like different cultures, like different people it just like opens up the world. I think we kind of we're still kind of operating more on like seven time zones of like kind of Pacific to like Europe right now. We're not kind of around on the eastern hemisphere but um in terms of like that i think that's really exciting like especially in marketing i mean it is global now like everything you have access to knowing what's happening around the world so having like a team that's diverse different ideas um different cultures perspectives like lends itself to like that creativity and we always kind of have to like nurture that so right those are a few things i feel like there's a lot more but those like the top things that kind of come to mind of like why of like kind of like our beliefs or like our our values associated with that and how we're kind of like the mindset of approaching how we're building the business yeah what drives seven different time zones for you uh is that to serve clients in different areas like we so we've got a mix we've got about half of our team is international half is u.s based and we've got some folks who are remote who are remote because we need to serve different time zones and we've made the decision hey we're going to be able to serve these different time zones. And then we've got other folks who are remote because of, I mean, if, I think if you boil it down, it's like the geo arbitrage opportunity. I've got a friend who's a recruiter and she always tells me like the right person for the role that you need at the budget that you need to hit um, 
who's got the values that align with your company is out there in the world. Like the odds are out of the billions of people in the world, they're there. Um, you know, the lower the budget and the higher your standards are and the more stringent you are that they have to fit your values, like the harder you're going to pay more to go find that person, but you can go find that person. And so the ability to find those right people uh, at a price point that makes sense for the business for that role at that time to be able to move into it. Um, that's certainly part of what drives the international talent. And that it, so it's a little bit different for different roles, but is that similar for you or like why seven different time zones? Yeah, I think, I think that's like, um, part of it. Um, and we're starting to get a little bit more of like where clients are like, do you have people on these time zones that can like service us? So we're kind of like starting to look and look kind of like modeling it that way on the kind of like account management side. But in a way, I think we would just kind of go more first, which is like to your point of like the quality of the person are they aligned with our core values, like working in an agency, like have that passion. And like, we kind of just have like figured it out where they, if it works and like based on more of like the talent than say like the time zone is more of how we've like approached it historically. It has worked well. It's also just like, I think some people, um, you know, they can, they're able to, you know, if they want to move or things like that, we kind of have that flexibility. We, we use like a employer record for like international teams right now. So that, that kind of building that like operations infrastructure and rely on that, like allows us to kind of hire in those areas. There's still like a lot that we need to do. We're hiring different like um, countries, of course, because like every country has like different laws and all that stuff. However, like, I think it was just, it was always just like, let's find like the best people um and just using that um as like our our guide to make those decisions not necessarily kind of the opposite way of like oh we need this person here in like you right know, pacific time versus central time things like that yeah that's really nice who do you use for your eor is that deal or is that somebody else um we currently use remote okay yep yeah makes sense cool mm -hmm. that's awesome what so one of the things that you do you know obviously the challenge of building remote um this is the same, you have the same challenge in person. It's just the challenges look different, but mm -hmm. it is like, how do we keep everybody connected and bought in? And I had um, Tyler Dolph runs an agency called Rocket Clicks and he was just, oh, yeah, I listen, yeah. so mm -hmm. yeah, he talks about like everybody comes into an organization with their culture, bat culture battery, like filled up, they're ready to go. And then over time that kind of gets drained down and you need to find a way to recharge it. Um, and you do one of the things that he recommended, which is bringing the whole team together in person somewhere. Tell us a little bit about, I think you guys just recently were in Montreal uh, together as a team, but tell us about what pulling those together look like. And I shared with you, hey, we've got our first like full, this this iteration so of the full, full team get together coming up in 2024. We're going to take the whole team to Portugal, uh, which ironically is one of the countries that we don't have anybody. So everybody's, which is kind of intentional. Hey, we don't want to go That's somewhere with, like right in somebody's backyard. And then exactly. like, oh, everyone else gets to go somewhere cool. And they're like, okay. Yep. How, what does that look like to pull people together? And do you have any tips for other teams who are trying to figure out how to do the same thing? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we do an annual retreat. Um, I call it Angel Ascend, like branded it, uh, of course. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think I think a big thing, so some of it's kind of, we kind of gotten to a point, honestly, where it's like a repeatable process. Honestly, like I said, it's like right. kind of process driven. So it's right the past few years has always been around the same like time so we like let people know in advance like hey we're gonna be doing like the retreat we don't know exactly like where but it's gonna be maybe within this like two week time frame um and then we do kind of 
like a Wednesday, Thursday to a, a Sunday. So it's like a couple of days together and then into a weekend. Um, because I think a, a big part of like how, how we, and I think about the re- retreat and bringing everyone together is that we do want it to feel like, like pretty much like focusing on ourselves, um, like kind of filling up our cups, not like this like super scheduled day. So I think like kind of step one would be like create the structure, but like give freedom within the structure. So I really, when I'm like kind of mapping out the itinerary, like not over scheduling everyone, like really lending itself to like some free time. Like you are in a new country, if you're going, or even a new city, like if people have never been there, like they want to explore kind of like how that spontaneity get inspired. So I've gotten feedback from my team that they really like that aspect of it. And I also really like it. Um, so we're kind of doing it that way. And then we just, we dedicate like one day that we're focusing like internally. So we do, we typically like, um, structure it that we're either doing like pretty much like H2, um, OKR planning so that we can just have some time together to like, just like ideate, brainstorm and start to kind of like plan for the next six months together in that space. Um, and also doing like some team bonding activities, but the whole weekend's kind of like team bonding. So I kind of like, we haven't always done these like really structured team things, but just kind of let it be that like more fluid, organic connection for everyone. Um, the one thing I really like to do too is like, we're pretty big foodies at Aimtel actually. I feel like that's like an unspoken rule. Yep. <laughs> um, even people with allergies, you're welcome here. Um, but we definitely like, we always make sure we have a team dinner or like some sort of team meal together. And that's just a really nice way to like maybe the end of the day or like to just bring everyone together and just like, I don't know, we just have fun. We're like, like, I just like go to each person. I'm like, what's one thing you want on the menu? And like, let them order it. Just like fun ways like that, just to connect and like try things and share conversation. Like, honestly, like break bread. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, that's a nice way of just like kind of, and we kind of do, I feel like I do like the itinerary, like we go to a different place every year, but the itinerary is about the same like flow. I think that works well because then people kind of understand that expectation every year. Um, we can set those expectations on the client side, like, hey, we're going to be off on like Friday, like we're not available. Um, and just, I think, especially as an agency, like you're always in service to your client and like thinking of your customer and you're not like, you really got to make that dedicated time to like, take a look at yourself um, and everyone kind of have that like introspection and like planning for the future of like what we need to do as a business, not only focusing on the clients all the time. Yep. So that's kind of on that, like kind of that high level. But then one thing that actually we, that David, my co-founder, COO implemented last year, um, we went to Spain last year um, to Malaga, which I highly recommend doing a retreat there. It's phenomenal. Um, and he implemented a um, platform called Travel Perk. And so we have like a um, technology we use where you can set um, like pretty much the retreat on there, like the trip. And then everyone can book their flights through a travel perk as well as we can book the hotel. And it's really, really nice and makes it very easy to like set up um, policies. Like you can, you know, you can um, book a trip, like your flight up to X amount of money per person. Um, It's like it pretty much explains like all the expectations of the trip. They also have like a support like travel partners. So if someone's like running to issues while they're traveling, they can reach out to like travel perk support team to kind of help them because like we may not be available. Like all of us are traveling. So we kind of have that secondary um, option for someone to help if someone gets like delayed because there'll always be one person that gets delayed, unfortunately. Yep. Right. <laughs> or like loses their luggage or, you know, it's just kind of part of the whole experience. Um, 
yeah, I don't, I, oh, I'll kind of pause there. I don't know if there's no, any, those are, those are awesome any other tips. tips I can give you for yours next year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so those are awesome tips. I, um, I've seen a number of agencies do things like, um, right at the end before people leave, one of the last things that they do with everybody or on the last day, they have everybody fill out, uh, a glass door review on oh, the company. Cool. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, from a marketing perspective, totally get that. That's a big part of your profile and you've got everybody on this high. And part of me is like, oh, I hate that because it's like, hey, this is the the single highest point maybe of your entire year. And like, this is what I'm going to ask you for a review, which I, yeah, I see both sides too. So I've I've heard like uh, things like that and seen seen folks do um, some other tips and tricks. I think Travel Perk is a great, uh, like, uh, you know, a really cool... um, idea as you were saying hey it's kind of more of a free-flowing one i was thinking about our team and thinking like hey i don't think that our team would actually enjoy i think they probably want more structure than i might personally like um yeah well i think that's where like you kind of i like map out like pretty much like morning these things and then like so i'll I'll give you an example like arrive thursday morning co-work for the day you know, kind of wrap ups for the week. We're planning to get like a co-working space, which is kind yep. of cool because we like don't have an office. <laughs> right. So it's kind of like, let's actually like, what's it like to be in an office? But also then we're like, wow, I'm so glad I don't have to work in an office. And then um, personally, like, that's from my own preference. Yep. But, uh, and then like, then like, you know, the first night's like team dinner. And then the next day we do, like I was saying, we do like kind of our, our like Intel planning meeting, like team, like, our, like kind of just block up from like 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then giving like a buffer in the afternoon for people to like kind of like relax or like do some like, you know, walking around, shopping, whatever they want to do together or separately, come back for like a team dinner and then, you know, go from there wherever the night takes you. And then like the next day, we usually do like a team sort of like activity or like a tour or like, um, I actually, I'm going to share this. Well, I think this will come out after we go. So everyone will have our experience with it, but I planning to like take everyone to a spa. Oh, like awesome. I want to like, I'm like a little like, there's a really cool one in Montreal and I'm, I'm like, we're going to go and I'm going to force everyone to relax. <laughs> like, or, you know, I think it's just kind of like, what, what is your right. team like? Like, do they want to go like, like do a cooking class or like, do they want to whatever, like that kind of fits like your, your culture, like kind of have that. And then maybe there's something like when we went to Spain last year, I think, I think you can do like night activities are fun too. Like we did a flamenco show at night after dinner. Cause like, so stuff like that, I think you can have that kind of like structure. But if it's like, I find like if it's every hour, like our days are so structured, especially working with an right. agency, like you're just constantly like kind of running. So we like to use that retreat of a little bit of like truly like a retreat, like for everyone to kind of just like allow themselves to kind of chill out a little bit. Um, I think one thing that we're real, we're, we're kind of seeing, I'm curious if this will happen for you or if you're already seeing this may happen, but um, we actually it is like a company benefit, um, but we we everyone is invited if you're a full time employee of Amtel. But we actually do say it's like optional. Like we don't obligate people to have oh, to attend. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that's kind of important too because like some people may not want to share why they can't attend or like they just you know sure. family planning or health things. Um, so we're looking as like we're growing in size. There's always going to be a handful of people that can't attend. So right. we're now kind of layering in like what's the experience for those who are still remote that they kind of feel that connection. And then what can they, we kind of offer them over the weekend that they like, you know, maybe they can go to like do an activity with their friend or family in their home, like where they are or, you know, go to a spa at like, yeah, I don't know. Right. We haven't decided what it is, but I think 
kind of always having that lens. That's what we're trying to figure out. And we're planning right now is like, what's that experience for everyone? Because it is a benefit and it is something that like people really look forward to. And, you know, stuff happens. Sometimes you just you can't go. For sure. We don't want people to feel like completely left out. Yeah, those are great tips. Well, you've brought up the word process like a handful of different times already. Um, and I know that you're very process driven. Um, but even on the site, you know, you got the drop down from the about page, I think. And, it, you know, there's two tabs and the second one says process. Um, but it, everything um, in your like conversation with you uh, to the site comes back to the word process an awful lot. And where does that emphasis come from? And then how would you articulate that value to the classic creative entrepreneur who's like, I don't even know that they necessarily object to process. Uh, they're just the people who are the best at saying we should have process and the worst at actually following process. <laughs> yeah, or like seeing it as like a major constraint or bureaucracy. Right, yeah, right. I think there's always a balance to that, of course. Um, I think it kind of comes down to like a few things. I mean, at the it's true we are process driven um and because we're fully remote like you just can't assume people are gonna know like what's going on or like so having like that kind of clear like you know saying those clear i kind of like break it down by like what's like setting the intention the expectation and then like communication collaboration like streams or like areas and like how you do that so it's like the intention is like the why and like explain like, okay, this is our intention for doing this. And like, I think a lot of times what we do and we like have a big part of our culture is like our core values, like really using that to drive that. Expectations like the what, like setting, like what are we, what are we expecting of you? I think also like people want to know where they stand and like where they're going. Like they want to know, like you don't want to kind of like have to like figure it out and guess, like being to be direct is to be clear and to be direct is to be kind. And if you're, you know, I think if you're process driven, then you can be direct in a kind and clear way and really set people up for success. And then that kind of comes down to like the communication, like if fully remote team, you have synchronous communication and like asynchronous communication. So that's like the how and the where you're communicating. And then like layering like the collaboration, like the how and the when, like in your project management tools, your knowledge base, like meetings and huddles. And like, when do you do that? So like we kind of in a way, like not necessarily like pers in some ways we do prescribe and like say like you do these things in this way and in these tools and make sure that you're like making sure that like all of this is like updated and like everyone kind of knows like what's the status of projects versus like the latest process and um so that i think is like kind of like that that like high level but then in terms of like the why i think i really don't see how you could operate as any business i don't think it was just remote if you don't have processes like I don't even see, I don't, I think sometimes, yeah, I can overcomplicate things, but like, it's kind of always the, like the place where you go back to of like, okay, this is like what we're doing and why we're doing and how we're doing it. It's also like really important as you start to grow, like, um, I know this is probably not the best term to use, but it's like that, like concept of like tribal knowledge. Like, it's not really fair to like, I just always think of the context of anything I'm doing. Um, or if I need to go back to the beginning, I'm like, I am an an employee of Amtel and it's my first day. And I just like put right. myself in that persona and I start to like go through our tools. I'm like, I need to answer this question and figure that out. And if I can't do it, that's a problem. So yeah. kind of always thinking of that as like, how does, how do we set that person up for success, but also kind of allowing them to like self-serve and be resourceful? Cause you really need to be, especially in an agency, like things move really fast, a lot of context switching. 
So I think we always have a lot to improve and that's kind of part of it as well. Like we're always kind of in our process page on our website, like you can see this like through line of like constant improvement. And we pull a lot from like kind of agile manifesto and methodology around that is like in order to achieve and maintain the like high quality standards of service that we're known for, like we need to kind of always have that lens of like, what do we need to improve? How, how are we approaching this? Like what's kind of the standardized way, but then how are we kind of building on top of that? I hope yeah. I answered the question, but that's kind of like the. That's <laughs> great. I think uh, clarity is kindness, like you were saying, like mm-hmm. being super clear about why, what does good look like, how do you, how do we get there? Um, the why, the what, the how are all super important. And yeah, I think that most, so many agency owners are agency owners because they don't want to be employees or they can't be employees anymore. It's like I need to run yeah. my own thing. Um, and so the word process to them feels shackling you know it's like i don't i don't want to be associated mm-hmm. with that or hey can't we just have a high level overview of what needs to happen and we don't do what you, you were just describing which is like put ourselves in this in the shoes of the people who are hiring the people who are hiring are wired totally different and that's the reason they're working for you and guess what they want they want a lot more process and a lot more guidelines and structure and clear expectations than yeah. you want uh, freedom within why, structure <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um so i think, I think that was really really well put what so um, I've got two questions for you as we wrap up. The first one, I ask people, I used to ask people all the time about like, hey, what are some lesser known tools that you use and love? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've switched that to service providers, which is my question for you. And you've already, I mean, you, a lot of uh, cool tools are like your clients, you know, the Trellos and Atlassians and Cisco yeah. um, of, the, of the world. So who is a service provider who you've had a great experience with and can, what stands out about that, is there a service provider that comes to mind and what stands out about that experience? I would say like they're kind of more of a platform in a way, but they do actually have like the Shine Incorporated, like a service element to it, which in like consulting. So we um, use Rippling as like our yeah. HRISIT. This is like where I'm like, we need to bring David, my co-founder onto the podcast because he'll, he's the expert here. He like implemented the whole thing, but that was pretty much like a game changer for us to like really have everything pretty centralized um, on like on on rippling, um, especially from like employee experience and like being able to kind of run like a lean like operations team um, and like automating a lot of like kind of those workflows for like hiring, onboarding, um, you know, offboarding. Uh, we even just like manage a lot of like um just all of our tools like bringing it all together there where people use that as like a jumping off point to like all of our other tools so they i wouldn't say they're maybe like necessarily like a service they kind of are like they do have like kind of consultants and like account managers that like kind of help and we can like talk through and it's cool because like they also like we give them ideas and we start to see like that feedback come into like the platform so that one definitely has been a game changer for us um and that we can we can kind of like scale and grow um, without having to like add a, a ton of headcount on the operation side. I think um, that's kind of been a little bit of our secret sauce to success there. I'm trying to think of, um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly am like pretty bad. I feel like we just do a lot of things ourselves and maybe this was a, like a gonna admit like we need to accept more help. <laughs> uh, I think that's fine. Yeah. Have that moment of self-reflection. But no, I think, I think Rippling is a, a great example. It's been really cool to see them. Um, grow over the last the last couple of years. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's like kind of like the service now. You know, service now like for small yeah, business right. is kind of their like positioning and yeah, um, 
And I have, I mean, we do have the benefit that David, co-founder, COO, he's a, he's a service now IT architect. That's his background. So definitely have that advantage of someone without really like system operational business, business operation processy background to really like set things up and so that everyone can, you know, work and collaborate and communicate together. So it's pretty integral to have that kind of technical um, expertise and person dedicated there internally. I I didn't know that. That's awesome. Um, Okay, last question. What's your number one tip for agency operators? Okay, well, I think we have to say invest in processes, like build those out. It's like the one thing you don't want to (laughs) do. I honestly, I find that like, I do enjoy um, the like, I think sometimes people get like really overwhelmed with documentation and process. And I'm like, a video is a doc- is documentation. Like, start there. Like, just just record. I really you do that really well. Like, you always like do like clips or videos, and um, that's obviously how you and I connected. I probably should go back to the question. I would obviously recommend Zen Pilot because we work with you guys. Um, but I remember you guys. I remember you guys did that. You would like record videos and like kind of walk things through. I'm like, oh, this is so much easier than like writing out like lists or bullet points and stuff. So really leaned into that and. So I think, you know, kind of investing that and having kind of on top of that is like having like a knowledge base that houses all that. So we use Guru now and really like it because they also have like this like verification feature. So you can make sure that the knowledge is always up to date. Um, but I would say the final thing, just to kind of like number one um, is back to kind of a, to recap what we've been talking about today is like just setting and communicating like clear intentions and expectations of your people um, and like kind of bringing them along um, as much as you as you can. I think kind of that like that sometimes that like that transparency to the certain extent that you're able to provide it and even sometimes like that vulnerability. Like sometimes my favorite things when I get on a call with the team is like, I don't know all the answers, but we're going to figure it out. And like that's kind of that mindset of just being like really clear about that. Like my expectations here is that we don't know all the things, but like we're working together to figure it out or kind of all the other things that we've talked about today. Um, I think of really leaning into those, like the why and the what is a good kind of guide of how to just lead if you're a CEO or in a leadership position, just like lead your team and really make sure people feel like they no one's expected of them and like how they can participate and grow and uh, yeah. So. Right. That's awesome. Uh, I think on the video point, like it's way easier to record a quick video. Yeah. It's not always the easiest to consume, but if you're watching it, especially for the first time, I think it's the easiest to consume to see how it all fits together. But I love taking the transcript from those, so record a quick Loom video, take the transcript. Exactly. Plug it into um, Anthropic has Claude.ai, which I pr- prefer for this. Oh, or, okay. Um, like chat GPT or something, throw it in with a prompt for, hey, I need bullet points for, you know, this, whatever, and have it spit out kind of the checklist for you and then just any fine tuning and throw it in a very, very easy way to go build. And you don't need 100% process coverage. You need to be really clear about what you want at the end and you need like the top 20% of stuff like, hey, here's the 20% you have to get right. Um, And then for some things, you have to go a lot more detailed. But for most stuff like that, is the quick and dirty, like fast way to build processes mm-hmm. that actually yeah. build up your team. And a lot of it's just like, just get started. Just so it becomes more of like a habit. Like you kind of yeah. just get over like, what's the term like productivity method? Like eat the frog. Right. Like, just right. Eat the frog, get it done. And then it just kind of starts to flow. And it's, it's always like, I think it's, 
you know, it just feels like a lot of work, but it just it's that kind of concept, like teach a teach a woman to fish, teach a man to fish. Yep. And then they're going to start, you know, being able to like follow in your footsteps. And um, I think it's it's always a constant, it's a constant battle lesson, but never have regretted doing it. <laughs> right. All right. Um, I'm going to get you out of here almost on time. We're so close. Uh, aimtal.com, A-I-M-T-A-L.com is the website. Jen, anywhere else you want to point people to follow you? Um, yeah, I think definitely on our website. Um, I feel like we're, uh, if you want to kind of follow us on social, we're active, like primarily like LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, we're investing in building content on YouTube. We have like a new series called like Marketing in a Minute that's like going through like marketing tips, like in under one minute. So that's some fun content we're producing. But yeah, any of those channels, I think you'll stay the most up to date with us. Um, all the things we have going on uh, with clients and internally. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today on Agency Journey. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it.